Welcome, friends. We are back with yet another episode of the Rocky River United Methodist Church podcast. And uh, we're coming back with a uh, back-to-back interviews as we interviewed Olivia Stefanik last week. So you could be introduced to and, and hear some of the story of our, our new director of uh, children's choirs and youth choirs here at the church. And this week we're coming back with yet another interview uh, to keep you on the edges of your seats as we continue to uh, familiarize ourselves with some of the uh, the staff and the, the uh, leading folks here at the church. And this week we come to you with somebody extra special, and, and uh, I'm, I'm saying that partly because it's true, partly because I have to, because um, <laughs> if I didn't, I, I would hear all about it. Uh, Quinn Bennett is with us this week. Quinn is the director of children's ministries here at Rocky River United Methodist Church and uh, has been for several years now. Uh, she also happens to be my spouse, and uh, we've um, shared how many lovely years together, Quinn? Sixteen. 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 I put her on the spot uh, to make sure she remembered, and uh, just in case I didn't, it was uh, better that way anyway. So, uh, <laughs> Quinn and I have, have been together for 16 years, but I'm already stealing your thunder for future questions, and, and uh, uh, we'll plow right on through. Um, Quinn, our first question for you, just to, to kind of break the ice and, and set the, the tone for where you're at in life right now and, and what sorts of things are... are uh, uh, keeping you busy and keeping you up at night um, is this uh, whole coronavirus deal and uh, I could answer this question on, on your behalf no doubt uh, simply because I, I spent a lot of time with you but how has the uh, coronavirus um, impacted your life uh, the life of your family your, your ministry here at the church uh, share with us a little bit about what the, the different wrinkles that have been put in to your day-to-day have looked like over the course of the last year uh, truthfully, I think it'd be a lot easier to tell you what it hasn't affected uh, this year in our life, but that would be kind of boring. So, um, but I think um, coronavirus has done quite a few things. Obviously, in ministry, it's changed everything completely, not being able to see the kids face to face and work with them face to face, and not seeing their little faces has been probably the biggest hardship of. Um, this coronavirus in my job for sure um, just not having their excitement and their smiles every Sunday to lighten my life has been a huge um, huge change um, and not knowing where they are as families as well has been um, on my heart tremendously throughout this year um, how are my families doing how are they struggling how are they doing well um, is there anything they need? Is there isn't, you know, can I help them more? Um, that has probably been where it's affected me the most um, in my ministry is just that unknown of how and where my families stand um, every day. Um, but obviously it's changed ministry tremendously. It's, um, it's in a blessing, it's given the whole congregation an idea of what I do on a Sunday morning. Um, so what they see is what I do on a Sunday morning. Um, some of them are much more um, elaborate than what I've done in the past, but a lot of it is the same kind of thing that I've taught every single Sunday for week after week um, to the children. So um, it's been a very big blessing for the older congregation to be able to see what I do on a week-to-week basis. Um, it's also given me kind of the chance to go and I know where every single one of my kids lives 
Um, and so that's kind of neat because dropping off Sunday school bags every week has been truly a blessing. I've gotten to enjoy some things here and there. Like I got to be a part of a kid riding her bike for the first time and, um, you know, being there when one of them fell and um, just, and mom was inside and was able to help them and pick them up. So um, there's a lot of different things that I have been able to be a part of that I wouldn't have been um, if this virus didn't hit. Um, it's definitely made in-car time a lot um, and trying to um, be home with my kids and um, make sure the kids from the church are getting what they need and trying to organize life a little differently has been um, a struggle, but you know, God always provides the way. So really where hasn't it affected life? Um, but it's affected it in both positive and negative ways. So um, I really feel blessed because it's really strengthened me and um, made me bring the more creative side of myself out more. So. That is great, <clears throat> and uh, thank you so much for sharing that, Quinn. And, um, and I do, I am officially the third wheel in this conversation. <laughs> um, so uh, it's just a very unique situation for me. I've never seen a husband interview his wife before, so it's, it's the first time. But uh, before yeah. the marriage, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, before. Generally before. not after. <laughs> Too late right. at that point. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I mean, the coronavirus is also, I'm the, being the youth minister here, and it's definitely affected the youth ministry a lot, um, and it feels, feels like a whole year's gone by without, I mean, without seeing the youth as nearly as much as I would want to. Um, I know it's been really hard in the children's ministry as well, but we're excited about um, things starting up again soon, and getting to see students and kids face-to-face -face again, and really kind of rebooting everything. Um, but yeah, thanks for sharing that. So, I mean, you probably don't have to tell <laughs> Paul too much about yourself because he probably already knows, but <laughs> maybe there's a few things he doesn't know. Um, and you guys can talk about that later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so just share a little bit about yourself, your background, family, uh, where you grew up, um, just kind of just basic stuff for people to get to know you better. Um, so I grew up in Cleveland Heights. Um, I went to Cleveland Heights High School, graduated, um, loved it, um, felt very blessed to grow up there um, just with the diversity and being around different religions and races um, and everybody getting along was just, it's one of my, um, I definitely feel very blessed and honored to have been given that gift from my parents. Um, I have two awesome parents that are still married. Um, uh, they're 47 years, I think, um, and they've been um, through a lot. Um, my background, I have three sisters and a brother that I lost when he was 18. Um, and our family's been through a lot, but we have a very strong, um, strong faith as a whole. Um, and a lot of love in our family that got us through the rough times. Um, my personal family, as most of you know, we have a daughter who is 14, Bryn, and Caleb, who is 15, and Patrick, who is 19. Um, Patrick's in school right now for um, at Ohio Technical College to learn how to 
Automotive. Automotive mechanics. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know what the correct word was. Um, uh, Caleb is currently a ninth grader at the high school at Rocky River, and Bryn is an eighth grader at the middle school. Um, and we do not have any pets as the moment, um, which um, I'm working on my husband with. <laughs> <laughs> It's an interesting timing that you bring that up right now. I thought he would enjoy that. Um, but I have been married to my husband, as you heard, for 16 years. Um, feel very blessed to have him. Um, and I don't just say that because he is sitting here, but I do feel very blessed to be married to him. Um, I am sitting here, okay. <laughs> um but I'm not sure what else to tell you about my family. And everybody knows what my job is, so. Yeah, we do. And uh, <laughs> you, you mentioned in passing that uh, your your family and the family you grew up with was a, a family of faith and that that faith has sustained you and, and sustained your family as a whole through difficult times. And I know that that faith is still important to you today and, and clearly is lived out through not just your your relationship with uh, your your family of origin, <clears throat> our family at home, and and of course the way you relate with the, the children of the church and the families of the church, we all get to see it firsthand, and it's uh, an inspiration to us. But uh, if you could share with us uh, the story of your faith, so uh, how would you how would you how would you relay um, how you came to know Jesus Christ and uh, what the the journey has been like over the years? Wow, that's um, quite a question. Uh, <laughs> um, the story of how I came to my faith. Well, first, I grew up in the church, um, went to church literally every Sunday. Um, our church ministry was super important to my family. My parents made sure we were there every Sunday for Sunday school um, and other opportunities, youth group, um, all of that. I went to a church called Nottingham United Methodist Church, which is on the east side of Cleveland in the Collinwood and Nottingham area. Um, was fourth generation of that um, congregation to get married there. Um, so it's a pretty generational church. Um, but it really, truthfully, it wasn't until after my brother passed away that I truly um, started to come to um, true faith. Um, my brother passing away made gave me a couple of years where I was really angry with God and really wanted truthfully nothing to do with God and pretty much told him that. Um, and during those two years, I lived a life um, that I would never have expected myself and would have never seen myself ever um, going down. Um, but when you decide to take God out of your life, life takes a turn in ways that you don't expect. Um, and got involved with um, a guy I would have never gotten involved with. Um, don't know who he is today. He could be a very different person. But as of that point, we were not, it was not a good match. Um, and at the end of our relationship of almost two years, um, I ended up pregnant with Patrick. Um, so it was at that moment that um, I kind of looked at my life and um, had to kind of refocus and think about the fact that it wasn't just me anymore, that I had to stop and realize that there was another person um, 
within me and I had to start making some choices that were different and it was at that point that I um, decided um, to leave him um, and to walk a separate road at that point. Um, I started returning to um, church and I started returning to uh, a couple really important Christian groups that I was in part, uh, in a part of at that time or before my brother passed away I returned to them um, and just at that point really started to grasp the fact that if I was really going to make it as a single mom and really um, be the person that I know I needed to be I needed Jesus like I needed air to breathe and there was just um, a I had to start living my life different. Um, at that point in time, I started to struggle with the, well, you know, I had sex outside of marriage and now I'm pregnant and how can I be forgiven and how can I live a life of Christianity? Of course, the same questions that everybody has when they've done something that they know they shouldn't have and um, struggle to feel forgiven. Um, but, you know, I still remember the moment that I knew God said, I love you, you are forgiven, let's move on and let's move forward. Um, and it was at a point where I was sitting in a circle with friends and um, we were having communion around the circle and I sat there and I was pregnant and I'm um, about four and a half, five months pregnant and I am just crying and not wanting to take communion um, and just like God I need to know that you forgive me I need to know you love me somehow please show me at this time that you love me and it was at that moment that Patrick kicked me for the first time and I felt it um, and it was at that moment I knew without a doubt that Christ was real God loved me I could start to move on and work through um, all of the junk that I needed to work through and just keep moving forward um, and, you know, time after time after time, I just um, reminded myself of that. And, you know, God gave you your sign. And I still remember that to this day when I'm having a hard time, if I've done something I regret or I'm frustrated with, I have to remember that moment. Remember, God loves you. You know, he made sure you knew that and just keep moving forward. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing your story. And I really appreciate that. And as with every interview and every talk that we do um, and the hearing of testimonies, it's, um, it's always to benefit those who are listening as well that um, we can, there's always someone that we um, can relate to in life. Um, when you share your testimony as a way of expressing what God has done in your life and a way of expressing um, how God is real in our lives and, and that can be real hope for people. Um, who are listening um, to this. So I always encourage people to share your testimony, share what God is doing in your life, because I, I, I really believe that speaks volumes. And in some ways, um, in some ways that even speaks, in some situations it can speak even louder, um, clearly, uh, more loudly than God's Word itself. Mm -hmm. Not saying God's Word is not important, but when people hear your personal testimony, how God transformed you, then that opens them up to hear the Word of God. Um, so always continue to share what God is doing in your life. So thank you so much. Um, also, we <laughs> the next question we have is what is your involvement with the church? And we kind of, we know that you're the children's director. So kind of the question I want to ask you then is just kind of a, 
uh, easy question. I hope the answer is just what excites you about children's ministry? What is one thing about children's ministry that, that you just really love about it? I just wa- love watching the, tra- excuse me, the transformation of our children from the first moment they walk in the door as a three-year-old into children's ministry and what they are like when they walk out as a fifth grader into the youth ministry. To me, that is the most amazing part of my job that um, is the biggest blessing is to just watch how and far they have grown. And especially the ones that you really don't expect, the ones that really kind of throw you and and surprise you on um, how they've grown, where they've grown. It's always those quiet ones that you never got to talk that all of a sudden they step into youth ministry or they step into their fifth grade year and all of a sudden they'll read scripture for you. All of a sudden they are ready to answer questions. All of a sudden they're ready to be leaders and they've been super quiet this whole time and they've never said a word. You never knew where they stood, but then all of a sudden they have that moment where they finally have the strength to speak about whatever it is and to lead and to express themselves and you're like blown away by what comes out of their mouth and how deep they really have been feeling God this whole time they've been with you. Um, And just to watch the transformation of kids that struggle um, and how God, once they start to really grasp that God loves them, how that struggle doesn't change, but that struggle is different in their lives because they know even though that struggle happens and even though they're dealing with all that outside stuff, they still have a God who loves them and cares about them and won't stop being there for them. And watching those um, type of moments are really um, such a blessing. And obviously the moments when those kids go, Miss Quinn, I really believe in Jesus. Those are obviously awesome moments but it's really awesome just to watch kids grow in their faith and to be a part of that and to um, continue to get to watch it as they continue to grow as youth as well Um, and just to um, see who and what they become in life Um, you know I've been in it long enough that some of these youth are now um, in college and it's or in high school and to watch who they've become since they've been with me is just mind-blowing. Um, so it that would probably be one of my favorite parts of being in ministry. As you were uh, speaking, the, the saying came to mind, it takes a village to raise a child, right? And as mm-hmm. parents, I, I feel like whether we ask for it or not, we, in, internally we recognize um, that we need a whole team of people around us to to successfully raise a child, especially in the world we live in today, especially um, with all the distractions and all the temptations out there and how confusing it is uh, to, to navigate all that as a parent. We need a village. We need a, a whole team of people to, to come alongside us in this process. And uh, and that's why it's so uh, encouraging as a parent to be able to sit down on occasion with your, your child's you know teacher at school or uh, their, maybe their coach or their counselor or somebody else and, and to hear all the ways that they are pouring into your child too and all the observations and, and uh, things that 
uh, insights they can share and, and ways that they're encouraged by your child. But uh, to me, there's nothing more important than knowing that there are people in your church family and especially uh, children's ministry leaders who are coming alongside your children. And your child's faith is uh, the most important to them in the role that they're playing. And to know that it's it's not all on us. And, of course, the, the buck stops with us as parents. At home, we have the most important job of nurturing our kids in the faith. But to know that we have people coming alongside us and, and teaming up with us to that end is, is a tremendous feeling. And uh, to hear the passion that you have for it, I think, is, is especially encouraging uh, for us as parents. So uh, thanks for all that you do and for loving our kids. Um, which, you know, from me, <laughs> that means nothing. Like, thanks for loving our Multiple kids. Multiple things. It's really great of you to love our kids. Um, but uh, you shared a moment ago a, a story um, during your, your pregnancy and, and time of kind of transition in life of, of your faith where you felt especially close to God or, or sensed the power and the presence of God. And uh, so... Um, I'm not going to ask for you to dig deep for another story unless something comes to mind that, that you want to share. Uh, I do have oh, one. Oh, she does have something. Okay. And one that's really special to me. Um, and it happened here at the church. And I say that because um, uh, some of you may not know, but we have a VIP ministry, very included people ministry, um, that started um, when a young um, mom uh, walked in with her child with Down syndrome and was just struggling to find a place where they would feel apart and um, and accepted and included. Um, and I truthfully at that moment had no idea how to work with Down syndrome, how to um, or anything truthfully about special needs um, other than the, my own kids and their needs. Um, and so it was going to be a learning process, but I remember that day just looking at her going, I have no idea about this, but if you work with me, I will work with you and we'll never give up. Um, and we, the church came around and started a whole new ministry and hired people that we needed to make this work. And um, because of that, I mean, we in the, my biggest moment I remember um, with that amazing child um, is for weeks he kept running and he just and it was now I know it's because he just didn't feel wanted and loved and a part of things and so he would keep running and running and running throughout um, the service and one day I remember he ran and he was running down the steps and I caught up to him and he was like, no, don't touch. And I go, well, I, I don't want you to fall. And his words to me were, you don't, you don't want me. And I, my heart broke at that moment. And I just looked at him deep in his eyes and I said, no, I love you. And I don't want you to fall. See these stairs, they are dangerous. I don't want you hurt. And he, and I said, and I don't want to get hurt. And I looked and he goes, you get hurt? And I go, yes. And I showed him the braces on my legs and how stairs are dangerous for me. And he just looked at me, go, you hurt too? And I said, yes, I'm hurt too. I said, and I love you and I don't want you to be hurt. And he, at that moment, gave me a big, huge hug. And things made a huge change after that moment. And I just know how much God worked in that moment and um, 
there was nothing I did that made that happen. That was 100% God. I had no idea how to work in that moment, but he sure did. And um, he has changed my life for the better um, because of that moment. Um, and I pray that he has changed that child's life as well. Oh, that's a, that's a fascinating story. I, I haven't heard that story. So that's, that's really cool, really encouraging, and really um, just really neat how you um, were able to relate to him. So when he saw that you're hurt and he's hurting and just how that was able, both you were able to come together over that unity of being hurt, but also um, the unity of coming together for each other. Um, yeah, that's a fascinating, fascinating story. I really appreciate hearing that. Um, I, I thought... But I did think you were going to share that when you met Paul was the moment of God. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was wrong, so. That's an obvious one. <laughs> That's an I obvious can't one. tell the obvious one. <laughs> right. Um, what is your advice um, that you would give to someone who is um, new to their faith, someone who is just um, discovering who Jesus is, learning who Jesus is? Um, what kind of advice would you give to someone like that? Honestly, I think one of the biggest things that keeps people from taking the next step that when they first walk through that door and first starting to like figure out if this God thing is something they even want to be a part of is looking around and being like, I don't belong here. And the truth is, what I would say to anyone is none of us do. <laughs> um, we've all messed up. We, you know, one of the biggest things you hear is, well, Christians are hypocrites. That's because we're human. We are. Um, we work, hopefully, most of us work really hard at um, being better than um, we were the day before. Um, but remember, this isn't, you know, church isn't about, I know it's about the people, but it's not about individual people. It's about your relationship with Christ. And, um, People are going to do what people are going to do, but this isn't about, coming to church isn't about your relationship with them per se, but it's about your relationship with Christ himself. And don't let other people's mistakes or decisions keep you from stepping into the church to learn about a Christ who loves you and will never let go of you. Um, and around you, people are going to make mistakes just like you did before you walk, when you walk in the door. I, but um, if you can remember, um, not you're loved, <laughs> plain and simple. There's a God who you are going to learn about who will give you hope and life and joy and grace and so much more than you could ever understand that will get you through so much in your life that you you can't get through alone. Um, that did not come out exactly how I wanted it to come out, but all I want to say to someone in the newest faith is don't be afraid to give it a chance, even if the people around you are disappointing you, because they've still got a walk to walk to um, just as much as you do. Thank you. And, and uh, as as you step into the church, as you put it, and seek to get to know Jesus, uh, if that's, uh, that's what drives you into the church, um, I, I wonder what advice you could offer, uh, you, you and 
Stephen has children and, and youth directors here are, are involved in not just your little silos of children and youth. You, you both play an integral role in the, the overall uh, ministry vision of the church. You, you're involved in decisions of all the inner workings of how things uh, function and, and our strategy to, to draw people into a relationship with Christ. So knowing all that you know and, and, and working in your own personal experiences, uh, how would you recommend uh, somebody who's seeking to get to know the Lord through a, a church to go about it? Other than, you know, the obvious that they would volunteer to serve in children's ministry at some point. You know, th- that would be essential. But outside of that, uh, what what other ways would you encourage people to uh, to build a relationship with the church and get to know the Lord through the church? Wow, that's a hard one. Um partially because I haven't been a newbie in a church for a long time. Um, What advice would I give someone looking to get involved in a church? Um, As scary as it is, um, get to know the staff. I think first and foremost, get to know someone on the staff. Get to know them and help them see who you are, what your passions are, what you're about. Um, whether it is you're walking into the church for the first time and you're mo- you like motorcycles, if you don't talk to one of us on staff, you're not going to know we have a motorcycle ministry. And that right there could help you get connected on a very personal and easy level because you're already comfortable with motorcycles. And so you're not stepping into some random Bible study where you don't know anybody and you're like, overwhelmed but you're stepping into a place where you get to work on motorcycles and you can automatically get yourself involved in a quote-unquote motorcycle itself and the talking just naturally happens and you just start to naturally get to know people Um, and that can happen whether it it means that you have children um, getting your children involved as awful as that sounds you know use your children to help get involved in Um, a church um, because they do it a lot more naturally truthfully um, and as you're standing there waiting for your kids people are going to naturally talk to you because they know you're new and that's going to help build relationships Um, and it comes slowly or coming to a mission project um, something that you know um, you have passion for if you just get involved with something and you find out that there's something that you already do naturally it's going to make that process of stepping into a new room that much easier because something there is already normal and natural for you. I like that advice of getting to know the staff. Um, I think that's uh, really good advice I haven't really heard before. Um, But when you get involved in introducing yourself to the staff, um, I think they can really help guide you, um, whether it's getting involved in volunteering or whether it's getting involved in groups. Um, whether it's it's connecting you to other families or other individuals that that the staff would know that would think would be really great fits to help you integrate into the church and um, I think that's some really good advice all right we're near the end here so um, we have our last question which is what is uh, you have a favorite Bible verse or maybe a passage a favorite Bible story that um, you just kind of always dwell on or think about or um, connect with um, my favorite Bible verse is probably Philippians four thirteen, which sounds you know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which sounds like you know oh yeah that's a cop out that's an easy one, um, but truthfully it has been my stronghold 
um, through so much, uh, through being a single mom, um, through being just getting married and getting pregnant right away and then having another child right away and being overwhelmed um, in that situation um, as much of blessings as they are being a you know new parent is is tough um, getting through when as a lot most of you know our son was really really sick um, for about a year so those moments that you know it sounds like such a cop-out answer, but that scripture has truly gotten me through um, a lot of things in my personal life and my faith walk and has kept me remembering that um, it's not me who strengthens myself, but Christ who strengthens me, and he's got all the strength in the world, and so when I have nothing left and I am empty and don't know where to go next, I don't have to worry because he's already given me the strength to make it through. Um, and so it is um, truly not um, just some cop-out answer for me. That truly is a um, scripture that helps me through constantly. Um, it helped me through Christmas when we got COVID and I wasn't sure if we would be able to make the whole children's program work. And well, as you could see, it did. So um, Christ is strong and without him, I am weak. Um, and so that um, passage is very, very close to my heart. All right. And that's, yeah, that's a great passage. And, and I think um, it's the same thing that Paul was saying in Galatians, that um, I live by faith um, in the Son of God, that I no longer live by, I live by faith in Jesus Christ who loved me. So, um, but yeah, I mean, throughout Scripture, it talks about that our power and our strength comes from the Lord, it comes from Christ, and through Him we can do more than what we ever, ever could imagine that we could do. Um, yeah, and that's that's <laughs> that's a good verse. And I think many people have that as their favorite verse for sure. All right, so now here we come to <laughs> come to the end. Uh, my favorite part. I mean, it's not my. Fa I like doing it. I I love the testimonies and stuff. Too. It's probably my favorite part. But doing the rapid fire questions here. Um, this is going to be a good one because. Maybe we can hear something new that maybe Paul doesn't know about you. I don't know. Maybe rapid not. Rapid fire questions? <laughs> I was not told about rapid fire questions. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's, that's it's, the even, point. <laughs> it's even better. All right. They're going to be super simple questions, so don't don't be too concerned. Okay. All right. Uh, favorite food? Favorite food? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Would Paul answer? I this know question? this is like rapid fire, but ah, there's so many. Well, one of your top five. <sighs> Spaghetti. No, I. Oh, gosh. Oh. A couple of years ago, I would have said buffalo chicken. A couple of years ago, but um, now. Oh, I don't know. I'm at this point where I'm trying new things, so I really. Um, well, Stephen, these are supposed to be simple questions. <laughs> right? I know. I was like, I'm sorry, microphone. everybody. This is tough. This Do you is like really, hamburgers? Honestly, I'm a big. Like, I just enjoy. I enjoy food. Enjoy food. So um, all food. Is I, but I, if I have to pick, I can pick a genre. Yeah, My favorite yeah, genre great. would probably be Mexican. Okay. 
great. <laughs> she loves all Mexican, maybe, well, all Mexican food or just Mexican food? A lot food? of Mexican food. A lot of yeah, Mexican food. Yeah, there's not food. much in Mexican that I'm not a fan of. Perfect. Yeah. All right, here, this one's simple. It's just two okay. options. Pop or soda? Do you say pop or soda? I say pop. Pop. Good. Uh, here's our next one. <laughs> it's good, right? I simplified it for you. Um, do you like? Would you rather go to a beach or go mountains? Would you rather go sit on the beach or mountains? I okay. Years ago, before when Paul and I were just married, I would have easily said beach. Easily flat out. Um, now, um, due to his family having always been campers and what I have been introduced to um, since being married to him and the places we have been, um, I, I, I enjoy, I, I want to go back to the beach, but I enjoy the mountains. Good. That's... I'm sorry, that was a long, that was a really, I mean, this is, uh, maybe, um, these are all great answers, and this is, is, are you learning something here, New Paul? No, not a thing, not a thing, Steve. Um, Okay, this is actually one that I just thought of. If you and Paul had, could go on a trip anywhere in the world, where would you go? New Zealand. New Zealand. Because we've already gone to Israel. Oh, yeah. So, we've already been there. But Would you agree with that, Paul? He has a well, I, one, I think. Yeah, I thought it was her question. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see if uh, you would agree you want to go to New Zealand. Um, yeah, so I'm sure Paul would go with you if you want to go there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one is if you had unlimited free time, what would you do with it? Unlimited free time, what would I do with it? Um... explore God's world that I mean explore more and more of um, what God's made um, yeah. explore more mountains explore more beaches explore more places and yeah. to see his beauty and how it is different in all different areas um, I would still like to see a desert because I've never seen one of those you know just to see God's natural beauty that he has um, made for us to enjoy and um, just be filled with his love because of it yeah that's really good that's a good answer and i i that's probably what i might say too because i love to be outdoors love to take photos love nature stuff yeah um and i think paul would probably say the same thing too he he loves nature he loves outdoors too right <laughs> right, Steve. <Yeah. laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So I want to thank everyone for listening, and uh, um, thank you so much, Quinn, for getting on and sharing your story. And like I've said before, I think sharing your testimony, hearing the stories of others, it really encourages my faith. I hope it encourages your faith, because um, I mean, our churches—it's all about the story. It's all about um, God's story and our story, and how they interact, and how God's story transforms our story. Um, for his glory. So um, thank you for listening. And just um, also a reminder that we have an 830 parking lot service, 10 o'clock in-person service, and then this week also 1130 in-person service. So um, continue to check the website also for updates on that. And um, also our website has videos on how things could be a little different inside the church if you haven't been in yet. So thank you all for listening, and we can't wait to talk to you again next week.